right, welcome to Old School Jank Huger Ben Manquitz uh, with you guys. Um, potentially a fun episode coming up, although you never know. Um, so, uh, of course, we are sponsored by ShopTYT.com. Can you find this shirt there? No. Uh, but I was wearing my Too Strong t-shirt earlier in the day. That's still on there at ShopTYT.com. Check that out. Uh, okay, uh, so Ben, uh, lots of stuff. Um, uh, let's start random, uh, as we always do. Um, not everybody is into blue cheese stuffed olives, but for people who are into it, it really doesn't get much better than that. Agree or disagree, go. Well, I, I don't know about the second part because I don't know the people who are into that. Well, I mean, I sense I, I don't want them. Um, and uh, um, I, don't, uh, I don't like olives. And I don't like olive pickers. And you can tell your dad that. Um, <laughs> um, he picked no, all I, those olives for it to go to waste on you, Mankowitz. So I, I like my, uh, like uh, olives are, um, this is ironic. And, and we'll explain <laughs> why you like olives. Olives are too strong, Jenk. <laughs> ShopTYT.com. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you eat an olive, and you're like, all right, I'm eating an olive, and nothing else matters. Um, so they they are it's too they are too tough uh, for me as a but you know I, I that decision was made some time ago, so I just I don't want them in anything. I suppose I could try them again. However, the the times that I stumble upon them have not been happy times. But they've always been in something. So the idea of where the olive is the thing, like in a blue cheese, and I love blue cheese. So maybe, maybe those two flavors uh, work perfectly well. Yeah. Now, uh, other people understand me. Uh, the, the olive community is, is one of my strongest communities. Uh, and <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny because it goes apparently to a larger topic. Um, you know, the other day I realized I'm still Turkish. Um, what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, I came here when I was eight years old. So my identity is largely of, of that of an American kid who grew up, uh, in, in New Jersey. Uh, and so a lot of my, I don't know, 80, at least 80% of my identity is structured around that. And I don't mean structured on purpose. It's just, that's how it turned out. Right. And that's the formative years, um, especially between eight and 18, um, but it, I still have um, some Turkish in me, uh, including love of olives. Um, and and sometimes I'll have a Turkish breakfast. And no, it, the olive will not overpower the feta cheese. You do feta cheese, tomato, olives, and bread. And yes, I can stuff all those into my mouth at once. And yes, everyone watching this believes me. Um, <laughs> Okay, in which case, you have a delicious, delicious combination where the olive is not dominant uh, because all those things are a little too strong. Uh, so, and then the other thing I realized is still the Turkish part of me is um, I, I, I want to uh, dominate. I do. Um, and, and I remember the first time that a reporter interviewed me about the Young Turks back in 2004, so it was two years before anyone ever bothered to interview us about anything. Right. Uh, and and they said, what's your goal? And I said, world domination. And basically Tuesday on the show, so when you guys are watching this, a lot of you, um, I'm going to reveal uh, the plan for progressives to take over the country. Uh, so apparently some things you just can't get out of your system. 
Yeah, I don't think that uh, many of your friends uh, uh, thought for a moment that you weren't Turkish. Uh, <laughs> like, but you're, you know, you're the perfect test case because, you know, I love the accent thing and, and the accent basically works for, you know, I don't know, probably 99% of people who come from another land to anywhere, but let's use the United States as, a, as an example. If you come here once you've hit puberty, uh, you're not, you're going to keep your accent, right? Um, if you've caught your, which is your, the case of your sister, she moved back to Turkey complicating the equation, but she's older, right? Yeah. I came when I was eight. She came when she was 12 and she has a tinge of an accent. Yeah. I have a friend who came at 13, hundred percent accent. Yeah. hundred percent accent. And so so those people, no one would forget their culture, their original cultural identity because it comes out every time they speak. So there's a, and, and if you came when you were two or three, uh, you probably wouldn't identify with it at all unless your parents drove it into you, right? But the kids who were five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, those, that's the most interesting because they have memories of there and uh, and they had an accent when they came and kept that accent for a while until they lost it. So I, that's interesting. So you were the one, you could have gone either way. I just would like to point out that uh, you, you, you went the Turkish way. I mean, you went the way of including being Turkish in being an American. So I've always thought that about you. Um, uh, my favorite accent story, I've repeated the story so many times, but it's good, is the, I hope it's true, um, is that, uh, you know, uh, Henry Kissinger, um, Hillary Clinton's favorite Secretary of State, um, says, you know, he will say, you know, it's, well, I can't do a Hungarian accent, but, you know, it's good to meet important United States. That's not a Turk. That's not a Hungarian accent. But you know what I'm saying, right? No, no, that wasn't that bad of Kissinger. Um, but it's strong. And he got here, if my memory serves me correctly, when he was like 13. Uh, and his brother, who I think is named William Kissinger, Bill Kissinger got here when he was 11. And Bill Kissinger looks the same as Henry and is just about as old. Is like, hey, nice to meet you, Bill Kissinger. And, you know, two years separating. Yeah, no, it is amazing. I was watching the Ottomans on Netflix. And uh, so that's the story of how Fatih Sultan Mehmed conquered Constantinople, the previously unconquerable city. Not a big deal. Uh, and I had forgotten that we ended the Romans. I just um, want to point out, I just want to point out, it's like, there's almost no, you know, I'm like, you know, uh, I, I like to watch uh, a Seinfeld, and it's a reminder that uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, conquered the sitcom world, uh, created a sitcom like uh, no one else had seen before. Uh, he's Jewish, not a big deal. Yeah, for some reason, uh, that doesn't sound the same. No, it doesn't. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but I would also, I'd also like to point out that, that, that yours doesn't not sound ridiculous. <laughs> well, let's keep going then. All right. Um, so, you know, I, that, which then led me to the second conclusion and mercifully, I think the last one about the Turks in this show. And then, uh, and then we're going to talk about, uh, funny enough though, whether, uh, I have a problem with asking for credit. Um, so, uh, the Turks are kind of the invisible, uh, race in, in this world. Um, we're, surprisingly large. We, we came out of Central Asia. Uh, we conquered a, a ton of territory in the middle of the world. You, you, now, let me just jump in and you'll continue. This description sounds like 
the Turks just got picked 16th uh, by the Browns in the draft. But <laughs> was the 16th pick did. in the NFL draft. The uh, Cleveland Browns select the Turks, and then the video comes up. Uh, the Turks came out of Central Asia. Uh, they've been conquerors, really, from the get-go. Yeah, uh, originally shepherds. Uh, that didn't stick for long. They decided they could take other people's goats, and that led to a world of conquering. Uh, but no, but that's the thing why I'm trying to get that, Ben, which is that we're actually picked by the Browns in the second round. Mm. And, you know, like, no one talks about the Turks as a relevant ethnicity in, in the world today or in history, uh, other than some scholars. Uh, like, you know, you talk about the Romans, you talk about the Greeks, you talk, but you also talk about the Chinese, uh, the Egyptians, etc. cetera. Uh, but... Uh, we're a pretty giant chunk of the, the world population. We have still all the Turkic republics uh, in in uh, the former Soviet Union. Uh, and then... Turkigal? Turkigal? No, Turkic republics. Oh, Turkic. All right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you got the, the Uyghurs in, in uh, China. They're, they're a ton of folks. Uh, a million of them are now, are now in a concentration camp, so you know there's a lot of them. Uh, and, and it goes on and on. And the Ottomans that I like, they were so invisible. I forgot that. Yeah, that was the end of the Holy Roman Empire. That was the end of the Romans. Uh, the Turks beat the Romans. If you ask anyone who, wh which empire uh, finished the Romans, no one would answer the Turks. So I think, I, you know, we talked about this a little when we were talking about yogurt and uh, and Chobani, right? Um, that, you know, that guy's Turkish, but he made it. He called it Greek yogurt because he knew, knew that would sell better. And then I, I suggested that that part of that has to do with religion, which I thought you were too dismissive of, because it strikes me that if the Turks hadn't been Muslims, then they wouldn't have gotten out of they, they'd have been taken in the first round. Like they'd have, they'd, they'd have mm. been the 21st pick of the, you know, of the Vikings. Um, the, ironically, the Vikings. Um, the uh, um, it would have made sense, actually. Sure, the Vikings would totally respect the Warriors. Um, uh, so you know that uh, that struck you know in in the way that in the West we are always you know we we love to to put people who are different in the in that group and and Muslims are different and and it would also stand a reason then why uh, Ataturk, who my father you know uh, consistently described as uh, sort of the most undervalued uh, man of the 20th century, right? Like yep. talking about the great leaders of the 20th century, good and bad, but that uh, uh, that Ataturk was huge. And, and and he sort of recognized, like, we can't be, a, if we want to uh, uh, be seen as a, a legitimate dominant power in in the early 20th century, uh, then we have to, early to mid 20th century, then, then, then we're going to have to westernize. You know, we can't stop being Muslim, but we're going to have to westernize. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know enough about it, but that's that was that's my sense. Every time you make a point like this, yeah, you know, it, it's, Which it's is all funny. time. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think that we suck at marketing. I think we're yeah. the world's worst marketers. We talked about it in this case of Chobani yogurt too. That he he made a breakthrough by being really good at marketing by pretending to be Greek. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we've got we got to fire our PR people uh, and. Um, and, and to your point about religion, it's funny. I think that if we had stayed shaman, the original religion of the Turks was shaman, that would have been better, too, for, for PR reasons, because it would have been, like, more different. Whereas yeah, Muslim, it's, it's, that's, that's mystical, almost. 
Yeah, the Muslim kind of blends in with Arabs and then confuses people. Like, wait, are totally yeah, right? Are they Arabs? Are they kind of Arabs? I don't know. I don't care. Sort of. It doesn't sort of blend in with Arabs to the overwhelming majority of people. It's it's totally synonymous. I think. Yeah, for most people, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. and so that's and we get lost in that as well. Um, Okay, I have no, uh, but but so now I can let me build a bridge. I'm going to connect that to my need for credit, which is clinical. Okay. Oh, you mean uh, credit like where people say, great thought, Jenk, that was your idea. I legitimately thought you meant credit, like a line of credit. No, I have problems with that too. But no, in this case, uh, I meant uh, getting credit for things you've done. And I realized how clinical I was, first of all, period. We've talked about it a lot on the show, everything I do. Uh, but uh, but particularly in coronavirus, as I kid around with my wife about, you know, hashtag would a hero wash the dishes, uh, you know, in the morning while doing a business call. I mean, I guess I don't I don't know. Uh, but I, it took another level this week, um, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> it is hard to believe when uh, last weekend uh, I finally organized my T-shirts. I think we might have touched on it on the show Um and that was after my wife had asked me to do that for several years running. So I was on top of the world last weekend. I was like, I did the shirts. It's over. I did the shirts. I don't have to do anything for now on. And that should uh, sustain me for a couple of years. Uh, but this weekend, unprompted, I organized my shorts and sweaters. And then uh, afterwards thought, would a hero not even ask credit for something like this. And then I realized in my head, I'm asking for credit for not asking for credit. You you just realized that. <laughs> yeah, no, I realized it as I was thinking it, to be yeah, fair to me. I hope to be fair to you. Well, full credit for being fair to yourself. Um, uh, <laughs> is everybody else that clinical? No, that's a psychological problem I have, right? How is this show the second most popular show on the network? <laughs> <laughs> Because I think there's people at home thinking, I love olives and blue cheese, and, and I, I want to get credit for the dishes, and my wife doesn't give it to me, and, and I don't think Jenks alone. I, yeah, and, and, I, they're also, and they're also thinking, yeah, we heard the Chobani story before, we heard Ben's theory on uh, Muslims, uh, that's why we heard the Kissinger story again, and we're getting Jenks, I washed the dishes, am I a hero story. Uh, yeah, we've heard all these things before, like within the last couple of weeks. That's why it's also. Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, anyway, but you're partly my therapist. So I, sometimes I, I want to be recognized as normal, like, no, everybody has those thoughts. In this case, I'm not the crazy one. Uh, I'm not the one who took the crazy pill. I actually am crazy on that, right? I am an outlier in, in, in needing that kind of uh, uh, validation or, or no. I mean, I, I don't, you're an outlier a little, but I mean, I think it's a pretty big club of outliers. Like, it depends on... You know, does do outliers have to be like less than two percent, other or are they just then they're just a minority group, you know, uh, of thinkers? So yeah. I don't know because it's bigger than two percent of the, the group you're in. Um, where you are an outlier, unquestionably, is because it's an incredibly annoying trait. I mean, it's a it's not only annoying, it's a negative trait, right? It's not something, and you have managed to not be burdensome with it. Like, it's still mostly amusing. It's not 
always amusing, but it's mostly amusing. And that's a great uh, skill of, a, of, of personality on your part. I mean, would a hero ask for credit for not asking for credit? I don't know. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because when you're joking about it, it's harmless. It's endearing, it, which is absurd. <laughs> and then it frustrates those of us who find it endearing. Like, the guy's just bragging. All he's doing is bragging, and somehow we think it's hilarious. Like, what kind? What are we enabling, right? But then when you're, like, when you're mad and you do it, or when you're exercised to do it, that, that's when it's less endearing. You know, when you're like, I told them this was happening. No one listened to me. I was the only one who was right. <laughs> A little less. But that's also true. But that's also true. Um, okay. Um, okay. So the other day, you'll love this story. Uh, I decided that I need to um, think through, it was actually something related to business. And, uh, but it was like 11.45. And I said, uh, babes, you know, our door has an alarm, so it beeps when uh, uh, you open the door. I said, so babes, I'm gonna go out for a walk uh, and uh, j just giving her a heads up because she's gonna hear the beep and I don't want her to get scared in the middle of the night. So, and she goes, what the hell are you going for a walk for? Um, it's like, you know, I, I think better when I walk. And so I'm going to, she's like, it's late. It's not safe. And I'm like, I'm a big guy. I'm fine. There's nobody out there. Um, and, uh, and then she's like, who are you going to see? Right. <laughs> like the idea that I am suave enough to have an affair in the 15 minute window between 11.45 and midnight, uh, out on the road by my house during, is, during I mean, in a sense, time. Wendy doesn't give me enough credit as you can tell from the stories that I tell in my mind. Uh, and in a sense, she gives me far too much credit. Yeah, totally, yeah. It's not the, the, uh, the in lockdown, now I'm gonna go take a drive. It's, it's never terribly well received. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even without driving, somehow I apparently got my mistress to visit me once in two months, et cetera. And then a, a friend of mine made a great point. In fact, I'll tell you who it is because she asked for credit, funny enough. It's Catherine Fisher, who is my campaign manager. Um, and just unrelated to that story completely, we were talking about it in another context. And she made a great point. She said, um, "What? I wonder what happened to the guys with two families. Coronavirus had to devastate them. That's true. How the hell do you manage the two families in the middle of coronavirus? It can't be done. The uh, on the show uh, uh, Billions, uh, our friend, our mutual friend, who's been on old school, Kelly O'Coin, who plays Dollar Bill Stern. Uh, he's a guy with two families, and if they ever do coronavirus, it's got to kill that guy. That's totally right. I never even. I've, I've always been trying to find out sort of uh, people in this crisis who are not. Um, whose uh, hardship has not been uh, discussed enough, who's not been highlighted. I mean, obviously, let's acknowledge the obvious. You know, there's so many people alone, right, who I just, like, I think about it every day, people who are alone. You know, some of them are young, some of them are middle-aged, and some of them are old. And it's, you know, it, in each case, it could be fairly tragic. Um, uh, but then I think about, like, people who are really hot for each other and just started to date, Right. I mean, they're really into each other, but they've had one date or two dates or three dates. Like, what do they do? Can they go see each other? Can they? I don't know. Like, that's got to, ah. it's just got to, it's got to suck, right? That part. Uh, 
And then we, I didn't even think about people with two families. Like the stress, it's just brutal. I mean, one family's lost their dad, unless one, unless the person with two families is a woman. Yeah. So when I mentioned yeah. Catherine's text to Wendy, she's like, "Wait a minute, do you have two families?" I'm like, "Babes, okay, that's even crazier than the mistress." So my other family is okay with me visiting them for 15 minutes at midnight. <laughs> one day out of two months, man, uh, they got low expectations. <laughs> I can't be getting much credit at that family. Also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, uh, like if you really made the case to Wendy about you having a second family, she might uh, th- go for it. You know, I uh, mean, like, yeah. you know, like, like what, two or three days off a week from you? <laughs> From your heroism, you know. <laughs> She's like, do the dishes and go. I'm good. Hey, you know what? It's a brilliant idea, Ben. I hadn't thought of it. If I would get like go to her mayor culpa, like, ah oh, man, babes, I'm so sorry, but it turns out I got two families and and they get kids. You know what are you gonna do? You gotta, you know, you can't be indecent to the kids. You, you you're a therapist, you know that, right? And but instead, I just go to Manhattan Beach and, <laughs> and no other family. I just have the time of my life. I go to the movies. I go eat wherever I want. I hang out with my friends. The only person to admit to having two families that actually doesn't have two families. It's a brilliant idea. All right. Thanks for watching this free clip of Old School. Don't forget to become a TYT member today for the rest of the show and for more exclusive content throughout the network. Join now at TYT.com slash join. We found television fans get secret. A public